2: This is the Roto-Wire Fantasy Football Podcast. Here's your host, John Halpin.
1: Hey everybody, it's John Halpin. Welcome to the Friday, October 20th edition of the Roto-Wire Fantasy Football Podcast, sponsored by Fanball. Um, Derek Van Riper and I are here to wrap up uh, the news and notes and injuries and all that stuff so you can prepare for the rest of Week
2: 7. Chiefs Raiders, that was bonkers. Thursday night football is awesome. Sometimes, yeah. I mean, sometimes it's pretty good and... The AFC West, I think, coming into the year was a division where I thought we'd see a lot of great games. It's at least sort of trending that way after Thursday. Derek Carr, over 400 yards, was throwing the ball downfield, and most importantly, John, Amari Cooper showed up. Yes. And I think for most people, he was still in lineups. I think for a lot of people, it was, can I sit him? Like, really? And then you look at your bench, and most people weren't in a situation where they really felt good about three other receivers in their roster More so than they felt about, you know, Amari Cooper. So I think, I think for the most part, everybody who had him was still starting him, even though he's been brutal prior to last night.
1: All right. So your buy low window on Cooper is closed, firmly closed as of right now. Um, Would you, if you owned him, do, do you look at this after last night, after the way the last five weeks have gone? Do you look at this and say, all good, I'm fine. He's no problem now. All systems should go. I mean, like you said, you're going to play him for the foreseeable future. But are you today going, maybe I can get a lot more for him than I could yesterday? Well,
2: you could probably get the equivalent of like a third round pick or a fourth round pick for him and you paid a mid second. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's coming off the best game of the year and that's for an optimistic owner. You're probably better off holding him. I think the the 19 targets, and I yeah. know Carr threw it 52 times, but the fact that he was getting like more than a third of the targets, that bodes really well. Like They they realized they were making a mistake in that game plan. I mean, two targets against Baltimore, six against uh, the Chargers. I realized the two was the game that E.J. Manuel started, but even if you're a backup quarterback, how do you not throw to Amari Cooper more than two times? At any rate, they seem to be in the mindset, hey, he is our best playmaker. The running game's been a problem. Marshawn Lynch left the bench, bumped an official, got ejected, and then watched this game from the stands. So, you know, Marshawn Lynch is still, well, he's still Marshawn Lynch, so that's good. But the Raiders, for a team that's good offensively, are supposed to be good offensively, have a legitimate question about how well they're actually going to run the ball. Because even prior to this disappointing early exit from lynch he just hasn't looked right in the last few games i mean i guess the the numbers were okay against the chargers right i'm thinking more about that four week stretch for week two to week five where it was like the two touchdown games were passable because he scored but everything else the workload the yardage it was less than you'd hoped right um, I agree. And that was
1: last night. Was That was just a killer for people. Because you, you can't. There's no actionable intelligence out of that game. You know. It's just terrible. Um, Tyree Hill. I want to talk about Tyree Kill? I want to take the loss on Tyree Kill. I was a big skeptic. I couldn't believe where people were drafting him. And I thought he was going to be a big disappointment. And he is just not. The targets are there. The production seem obviously the production is there, but the thing is in addition to him actually catching more passes than I thought, he is just, he, he's one of those people who some some of the normal rules
2: don't apply when it comes to whether it's real life or fantasy analysis. So I think with Tyreek Hill, the thing about him that is going to always be part of the narrative and part of the fabric of what he is as a player is week to week more volatility than the typical number one receiver, like the most volatility perhaps of a true number one talent. The season long numbers may get you exactly where you want to be, but I could see him being that kind of player that depending on how everything else on your roster is breaking week to week, he might just be a great fantasy player who doesn't help people win that many fantasy titles. <laughs> and then like Julio Jones has been that way before too. Right. I agree because he has these huge games and then he has stretches where for a, a player as talented as he is, he falls out of the game plan or he gets hobbled and misses a, a bunch of snaps. And you, you look at the numbers at the end of the year and you're like, wow, he's awesome because he is. Right. But week to week, you lose so many head to head matchups when players don't show up. I mean, the huge game against the Patriots, there was the the, the busted coverage on that play that he scored on. But hey, look, he scored week three scored against the Chargers five for 77 last night, six for one eight targets and a score. He's been targeted at least six times at each of the first seven games. Right. So the target floor looks really stable, but those games where he hasn't scored, he's had 43, 35, 68 and 34 yards. I mean, in a non PPR league under five points per game, three times through seven weeks under seven points, four times.
1: All right. But are you looking at him? Okay. Coming into this week, he was 11th in the league in targets. With a pretty steady, you know, it was, yeah, like you said, it was, you know, it it was solid across the board, not a lot of fluctuation there. I'm looking at the wide receiver rankings and I'm going, okay, I get what you're saying about the week to week volatility. Like you look at a five for 35 and you go, that's, you know, I hate that. And there's two of those, Um, almost three, actually three, there's a four for 43. So three games bad like that. But I look at the wide receiver rankings just for this week and I go, who do I trust to not have too many of those games? Antonio, Julio, A.J. Green, Dez, Mike Evans, probably Hopkins. Is that it?
2: Well, yeah, and, and this is a weird year, too, with the Rodgers injury in Green Bay. You know, that takes away an elite quarterback, so that chips away uh, at one team that has two guys that are probably top 15, top 20 type receivers and one who's a top five in, in Jordy Nelson when everything is is clicking and he's healthy. I think the other little wrinkle with Tyreek Hill and part of why he's so volatile, scores so much from distance. The chiefs as a team don't throw a ton in the red zone. They don't throw so much less than everybody else where it's alarming. That's still part of it too, right? They're, they're not the Cardinals. They're not the Patriots, not the lions. They're not the Packers. They're not the saints. They're not the Steelers. They're just kind of like close to average as far as how much they will actually throw in the red zone. And when they throw in the red zone, he's not a big target. So those things kind of work against him. I think it's the easiest explanation for why he's so volatile. But yeah, the big playability, uh, just the fact that he's getting six targets per game minimum is really encouraging. So if you thought he was going to be a little more erratic than that, you thought he'd have some games where he'd be like three or four targets and get shut down by elite corners, you can declare defeat on Tyreek Hill. I, I, I'll I'll accept that. <laughs> that's, that's that's fair to file right now. Yeah, uh, I think so for me because I was such a guy. Sc- I probably had him ranked...
1: I don't have my preseason rankings handy, but I probably haven't, you know, 27th or 28th at wide receiver. And it was just it's a big it's a big miss. So uh, learn from it, I guess. Right. All right. got to thank Fanball for sponsoring the Rotowire Fantasy Football Podcast. Check them out now. Fanball.com and compete against Derek. It's you, you. Is it you? Are you in it? I hope so. You, you, me, Vlad Sedler and Tim Heaney. If you go to Rotowire.com, uh, sorry, Fanball.com slash Rotowire, uh, you can beat us in it. If you beat us in a head to head this week, you get extra money for beating us. So in a double up. So it's, I think the field is 114 or so. Um, and if you beat us, you get double your
2: money for winning a double up, which is a pretty good deal. I well, I'll, 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 join that. I will also, yeah, I'll make sure everyone knows that I'm, I'm joining it, but I'll, I'll do it. Yep. And I am,
1: uh, I am, I am in there and I'm gonna, I'm, I'm gonna beat everybody. You just wait. And I actually thought about if it was a tournament, I was going to go with the CJ Beathard, uh, uh, George Kittle stack.
2: But I, since it's a double up, I, that would have been a little crazy. So I think the Bethard lineup strategy is like deciding you're going to try and become uh, an Olympian in skeleton. <laughs> <laughs> a skeleton reference I did not think I was getting today. I mean, that's head first down the mountain. I know. Right? It's that, great. That's exactly what it is. So, like, I, I'm glad there's a sport that sums up diving headfirst down a mountain on a little sheet board kind of thing. I always regretted that I used to, my
1: first job out of uh, college was at the U S Olympic committee. I lived in Colorado Springs for a few years. And, you know, we met people from all the other sports, you know, who would, because we were at the tra- Olympic training center and people would come through town from the other, you know, uh, Olympic headquarter places. And I always regretted not taking the people at bobsled and luge up on their offer to go to Lake Placid and, and go down uh, the bobsled luge run. I never
2: did it, and I should have. So, to, to be totally honest, I'm a chicken, so I would bobsled, but I wouldn't luge either. I wouldn't, I wouldn't go feet first down the, uh, the icy track either. But, but you wouldn't be going that fast, right? On luge? I mean, we would. Other real well, losers yeah. would. But I'd be going fast enough with, without the control necessary to avoid the walls and such. To, I, I'd be scared. Right. Even if I'm going like one third the speed that the Olympians go at, I mean, momentum and, and ice and all that, right? I'm I'm 205 pounds, so I probably am not going very slow if I do the luge. Do you do what? Do you ride water slides? Yeah, no, I, I do that. I, I love thing. water slides. You know what the difference is, though? There's not like icy walls on a water slide. If I smack my head on some plastic because <laughs> I, I got a little crazy going into a curve, I'm I'm all right. All right. Yeah, I should have done this. Anyway, maybe I still can. I'm friends with some of the guys on Facebook. Maybe I can still do that. Well, I, I think know. we should have like a, a summer rotowire gathering at Wisconsin Dells, the water park capital of the world. There you know you, you didn't know that. Uh, we could have these, you know, water slide races. That's about as close to a luge run as I'm going to get. I love water. Like, I go to places
1: with my family and, and you know, like, all right, all the kids are going on the water slides and I'm gone on the water
2: slides with everybody. I could ride water slides all day long. I love Have it. you guys gone to Schlitterbahn? No. What is that? i never heard of it. I think that's supposed to be like the best of all water parks anywhere. And it's where? Uh, let's see. I, I want to say Texas. All right. South Padre Island, maybe. I don't know if that's the original or Galveston. That's a hike for a water slide. It'd be fun, I'm sure. Yeah. No, I mean, it. I, I don't I don't know how much I've seen it on one of the travel shows and yeah. it looked a little bit better than the resorts I've been to in the Dells. But those are those are fun, too. OK, where are I stopped Dells, building those a few years ago, though, because it got to a point in my mid 20s. I'm like, all right, here's the deal. Once I have kids, I, I'm going to have to come here because it's going to be one of the things that kids can do that I can do with them. I'm going to take a break for a few years because I'm going to have to do this like 15 summers in a row for a while. And (laughs) I don't want to burn myself out on water slides. All right. Okay. All right, everybody.
1: Let's move on to fantasy football. Um, if you'd like Derek's, uh, water slide advice, please tweet him at Derek Van Riper. I'm actually helping 37. You can also catch us at RotoWire. get player updates at RotoWire NFL and always, I'm sorry, RotoWire NFL, of course. And always check us out on Facebook. Okay. Um, news, injuries, all that stuff. First buys, is Lions, Texans. Um, so no Deshaun Watson, um, injury stuff, Leonard Fournette, they're saying he might play, but he has not practiced at all this week. I color me skeptical
2: they have a buy in week eight also. Mm-hmm. So if you have Leonard Fournette and you're expecting him to play, have something else ready. I would be surprised if he plays and then plays in full capacity too. So if he's at the worst scenarios, if he's active and you're just not sure, and then you're stuck choosing between a possibly compromised Leonard Fournette and the next best option on your team. And if that's the case, use the value meter tweet at us, you know, Check out Facebook Live on Sunday morning and, and we'll help you make the best possible decision. I'm not, not going to just throw out blanket statements now about what I would do or not do in the moment if I have Fournette and he's active and they say he's going to be limited. But they, I think common sense is going to prevail. He had an ankle problem at LSU last year. He had an ankle problem again in the preseason. You give him one game off right now, you get the bye week, the two-week layoff comes back into the second half and hopefully he's completely healthy and ready to go As they move through the back half of their schedule. Because he's so important to that offense. Yep.
1: Um, Just so you know everybody. Chris Ivory. 26% owned on Yahoo. Could be in for a very very big day. If no Leonard Fournette. I picked him up in a league this afternoon. I couldn't wait to
2: do it. When I saw the news about Fournette not practicing today. I added him the stake league yesterday. For $6 in Fab. It's a 14 team league. Yep. So. Pretty good. You know, I'm not I'm not crazy about him, but I think there are weeks where even with Fournette playing, if you're scrambling at running back, you could do worse. You could do you could do way worse.
1: I think. I mean if 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 Fournette doesn't play, I mean this is a you know, it's a pretty typical twelve team league with two running backs, two receivers and a flex. But I am
2: absolutely starting Chris Ivory if Fournette doesn't play. I have no
1: without hesitation.
2: The Colts have allowed 4.1 yards per carry this season, kind of puts them middle of the pack on a yardage basis, but eight rushing TDs because yep. the Colts defense leaks points like a sieve. hmm. Mm-hmm. Chris Ivey, everybody.
1: There you go. There you go. Um, other ones. Uh, Delaney Walker sounds uh, sketchy. Not practicing. The ESPN beat writer said he'd have a— I think he said he'd have a hard time seeing him playing. I'd have to go look that up, exactly what he said. But it, Delaney Walker sounds like a, a pretty questionable option. DeMarco Murray could be heading toward a game-time decision. He was he was banged up a little last week. Hamstring bothering him. Things are not— um, Doesn't sound like they're getting better this week. If DeMarco Murray doesn't play at Cleveland, Derrick Henry could be in for a huge— I know he had a huge game Monday, but a lot of that
2: was on one carry. I think you could be in for a— A really nice one. Yeah, the DFS ownership on Henry, if Murray gets ruled out, will go through the roof because he's pretty cheap, I think, everywhere. So the question I have for you, if Delaney Walker doesn't go, the Browns' pass defense is bad. The run defense is actually okay. It's actually pretty good on a yardage basis. Do you think this is a good week for Eric Decker? His target volume's been up the last two games. Does he ultimately, between the red zone looks and be running some routes out of the slot, end up being the best Titans pass catcher this week, or do you think like Janu Smith or something like that becomes part of the equation too? I mean, Janu Smith is kind of a, a freak athletically for six three two forty eight runs a four six forty, elite vertical, elite broad jump, good bench, great shuttle. According to our all of our metrics, so everything sort of checks out for him because he's a little small for a tight end, so he's just basically a big receiver but right. a, a fast tight end or a big receiver you can call him whenever you want that's the kind of player that i think could kind of wreak havoc in gpp scenarios this week
1: he he's caught five passes in week five
2: mm-hmm. i had no idea
1: I, I missed that completely it's okay i mean i i
2: of all the things if you miss that that's, yeah. that's okay
1: i'm giving myself a pass on that i agree normally i wouldn't and i'd let you do it but i'm gonna give myself a pass on that one um yeah i would say eric decker I think because last week well, Monday night he caught nine. Was it nine? It was a lot of passes. Or maybe it was nine targets. Um, hold Let me check. Decker. Yeah, it was nine targets. Seven catches. Seven catches. Okay. Yeah, I think it's Decker because he's the sort of underneath guy, slot guy and all that. So I think that's probably the way that – I think that's probably the way they wind up going.
2: So I don't usually uh, offer compliments to anything pertaining to the University of Minnesota, but Eric Decker <laughs> – is one of the more underrated receivers in the NFL of yes. the last five years. I know he's been, he's been hurt a lot, too, so that's been part of it. But that little four-year run from 2012 to 2015 played really well. Yep. And uh, I think he still has one more productive year. So I think the second half of the season especially is going to be pretty good for him.
1: Especially if Mariota is, is healthier this week. Um, even though he wasn't last week, and that's the thing. He he stayed in the pocket and threw the ball to Decker a lot. Um, other ones, we got a uh, – Kelvin Benjamin is listed as questionable, but he practiced fully today, so it sounds like he's good. Andre Ellington sounds a little dicey. So uh, it's the Adrian Peterson show, everybody. Here you go. I don't think that's going to go well.
2: What is your concern with Peterson?
1: Um, the ramps. I so. see – I, I mean, I mean I, I'm not. I, I I was talking about this earlier in the week. Sorry to cut you off. I don't. I, I'm not completely skeptical. I'm not telling people to bench Peterson. The guy got so much work last week that he's he's just about a, a must play if you own him. But I I I I'm really
2: in the I want to see this again camp because I'm not sure I believe it. I think that's a totally fine place to be on Peterson. From a DFS standpoint, he's really cheap. It was like 6,300, I want to say, on FanDuel. The weird thing is the Rams are really bad against the run. It's just one of those things. I, I kind of assume they're at least average. I right. like their personnel on defense. But they're giving up 4.8 yards per carry, eight touchdowns on the ground. So they're tied with Indy for the uh, most TDs allowed. And only three teams, the Jags, the Chargers, and the Seahawks. It's another surprising one have been worse on a per carry basis than the Rams defense. Yeah, and there's you know, the linebackers are
1: as I think Tim pointed out yesterday, the linebackers are shaky. Um, I don't know. I, I just I, I don't know. I mean I get the thing is Peterson he's gonna get he, he's gonna get twenty five carries probably. So or twenty anyway, depending on how the game goes. But now that now if the game script goes bad they have there's there, there's if there's no Ellington, that's not good.
2: So, yeah, Ellington is really important for them when they fall behind because Peterson, I, mean, I, I, I don't think he's got the pass catching ability left. And even when he was a pass catcher, he wasn't necessarily a great one. Yep. He was just a guy that could do it. And once he get the ball in his hands, he was such a bruiser with breakaway speed that it was okay. But I mean, he caught 43 passes a second year, he caught 40 in 2012, and usually he's 30 or less. And last few years, you know, hasn't been playing because he's been hurt. But I I don't. I think they would go. I almost wanted they would go like Kerwin Williams in passing down situations instead of Peterson. Probably you don't want Peterson in for that. So, um, all right,
1: the rest of it. Let's see. Uh, Devontae Parker doesn't sound good. I I, if you have Devontae Parker, you need a backup plan. Out. Stefan Diggs out again. Terrence West out for the Ravens not a big deal. That means if you are on the Alex Collins train, he'll probably get at least I, I would think twelve ish or more touches again. Um, Adam uh, Jones out for the Bengals friendly for the Steel receive friendly for Antonio certainly not you know I mean if if it makes you want to completely load up maybe DFS too that, that that's a good sign right there that Jones is out.
2: Yeah, definitely a little bump in the right direction uh, as Alex Collins goes. I think we talked about him Monday the Minnesota defense matching up against Baltimore with Minnesota being at home. I think that's going to be a really popular defense. They've been great against the run this year, 3.2 yards per carry. So if Mm. Collins comes in again, somehow gets like 16 carries for 80 yards, that might be enough to say he's legit. And if that happens, he should be the guy that gets the carries. Even if West is healthy going forward, because that's, he's been impressive so far. And I'm getting to that point now where, Got to kind of start believing in it. If he's going to do it against the defense as good as Minnesota's. Right. Short leash, remember, with the fumbles, though. It's
1: just one of those major issue. Factors with the in, yes. I mean, John Harbaugh is not going to put up with that from him. because He already said he wouldn't. Um, James Winston's going to play at Buffalo, so that's good. Um, downgrades the Bills' defense from an elite option, which it would have been if Fitzpatrick played quarterback. And the other one, um, Jordan Matthews, probably back for the Bills. Are you ready to? Are you ready to roll with Jordan Matthews right away? I mean, the Bucks' the past defense statistically has been weak. I know they were missing a bunch of guys for a few weeks on their defense, so it's kind of hard to. To know if it's for real or not. i mean, even the last week they were most of them were back and and the Cardinals just torched them. So uh,
2: Jordan Matthews, any interest? I I saw him under like six thousand on FanDuel, and I don't I don't want him. I, I think he had a problem still with the thumb earlier this week where he's only catching passes with one hand. So you just wonder is he going to be a decoy? Is he going to be out there trying to take a, a top corner away so that way their their lesser receivers can get better matchups. I I just wonder if there's something going on there. Um, So as much as I would like to use Tyrod Taylor and and try to cash in on a matchup against the, the buck secondary, which is bad. I don't know if there's a pass catcher. I should say, I don't know if there's a receiver or tight end that I really want to pair with him. It almost would be, Hey, I'm going to stack Tyrod and hope that he goes for like 275 somehow. I don't know how he's going to do it. I don't like any of the receivers, but Hopefully he would go like 275, two TDs through the air and like one rushing score. Mm -hmm. And if he could do that, that's a monster game. And then if you have Shady, maybe Shady's the guy that catches one of those and maybe he finds the end zone on the ground, too. I mean, if you think the Bills can put up 30 points against the Bucks, I I think a Tyrod-Shady combo makes more sense than like a Tyrod-O'Leary or Tyrod-Matthews trying to pull in that cheap receiver or tight end to go with tyrod taylor so
1: i don't mind the o'leary idea i don't mind tyrod by himself either
2: in this case but um
1: all right everybody um you've tried daily fantasy sports games and you know we know how it went you had fun playing you loved the competition and you lost and lost some more and and the experts kind of took your money because they had too many entries and um bigger bankrolls and spent all day you know doing algorithms for their lineups and all that stuff nothing against them is what they do but it's hard for you you, you probably quit playing Daily Fantasy is supposed to be fun, it's just that losing all the time isn't. We're here to tell you about a whole new approach to Daily Fantasy Sports, the Fanball number at Fanball.com. Here's the Fanball difference. Your Fanball number identifies your skill level. It ensures that you play in contests against players at your skill level. If your Fanball number is, say, 35, you're not going to be playing against experts rated in the 80s and 90s because they have their own contests. At Fanball.com, every player has a Fanball number and every contest has a Fanball number, so you can find a contest rated around that 35 and know that it'll have players just like you. They've leveled the playing field with the Fanball number at Fanball.com. Have more more fun and a better chance to win fanball.com. And again, fanball.com slash RotoWire. come play head to head against uh come play of 50, 50, sorry. Uh, so you can double your money uh, and then get a bonus against Tim, uh, Vlad, Seller, Derek, and me. Good luck, everybody. I mean, I want to win, but good luck. I'm sort of saying you, not, my heart's not in that actually,
2: you know, well, it's a double up. So a lot of people, like a lot of people listening and us can all win. I, I agree. I mean, half of
1: them have to lose and I hope I'm not in that half.
2: Sorry, folks.
1: You know, I don't want to lose to you. I don't want to be embarrassed and have to explain here why my lineup stunk and guys had goose eggs and all that. Um, who do you want to see this week? Who who, who intrigues you?
2: Well, I, I guess Matt Ryan, because he hasn't had a prototypical Matt Ryan game. The over under in the Falcons Patriots game is like 7000 points. So <laughs> that's cool. Like, I, I I just want to see if Matt Ryan makes a layup because if he doesn't, something's totally wrong. Yeah. And something's already, it's already concerning. I agree. And are they going to get right? Probably. Even if they do it against the Patriots, that doesn't mean they're fixed. It just means like they're still at pulse there. So it's kind of a now or never week for Matt Ryan. Uh, Brett Hundley was under constant pressure. We talked about it on Monday. The offensive line for the Packers was in shambles when he came in. Or as he was playing that game, I think it kind of broke around him as the as the game played out Uh, with Aaron Rodgers on IR. Of course, that was expected Hundley's the starter probably for the rest of the season, but at least until like late December. What does he look like against the Saints defense? That's not as bad as the typical Saints defense we're used to, but still is probably no better than an average defense. Like if they're if they're a better than average defense, that's still a surprise to me. Okay.
1: By the way, you mentioned Ryan. In that fan ball contest we talked about. I'm go, I'm gonna give a tip. I'm going Ryan in there.
2: All right. So I'm, so I'm doing you, the
1: Ryan. I'm gonna tell you right. I'm doing the Ryan Sanu combo.
2: You're going Sanu. You, you like him coming off that hamstring injury. He's cheap, right?
1: The Rutgers guys. I got to go with the Rutgers guys. No more okay. Kenny Britt, so I have to find another Rutgers guy, and it's <laughs> Muhammad Sanu. <laughs> it's
2: <laughs> oh. tough. It's tough out there.
1: Yeah, it really is. Except uh, Todd Frazier is a Rutgers guy. I'm pretty excited about Todd Frazier, but that's enough of the Yankee talk. Um, I want to see Joe Mixon. I know Steelers are a good defense. They've been better against the pass, I think, but uh, I, I want to see the Joe Mixon breakout because for a couple of weeks, we've been going, this is it, and it kind of hasn't been it, right?
2: The carries have been there, but the results haven't. Steelers giving up 4.7 yards per carry on the ground, so if you want to reduce the chances of Andy Dalton, you know, Andy Daltoning all over the place and wrecking it. Yeah, a, a ground control uh, offense with Mixon would be one way to do that on the road. So I, I like that call.
1: Um, I want to see how the Packers wide receivers do with Hundley. I got to tell you, I hate Jordy. I, I ranked. Where, where do you think I have Jordy ranked? I kind of gave it away a little bit. Where do you think I have Jordy ranked a wide receiver?
2: Uh, like 22.
1: 21. Yeah. So I hate I can't stand I hate it. He hasn't been getting the the, the the same kind of volume. Rogers isn't there, so the red zone targets. We don't know how that's going to work out. I don't know. I'm I'm just so down on him right now. I don't I, I don't like. I mean, if I had he'd be one of those guys. If I owned him in any spots, which I don't, I'd be going. Oh man, do I have to? I think I have to, but I would be not happy about it.
2: I wonder what people have been getting for him in trades this week. I don't know. I, I try to sell.
1: I'd love to sell, but yeah, it depends on what it is. Would you trade Jordy for Joe Mixon?
2: In the right circumstances, sure. If I had a if I had a receiver that I felt good about that I could start every week in that place, mm-hmm. and I'm like rolling Scrubs as my number two as my number two running back. There's a path for that. I, I bet you could even get a little more than Mixon back. You might be able to like swap. A secondary piece that you like more than something else in your roster, too. I, I think the framework of that deal makes sense.
1: Yeah, I mean that. that but that's where you are. You're on a running back that has not that we think is going to get decent volume, but hasn't really produced yet, and has a bad offensive line. But you know that mean that says Jordy's not an elite player in your mind
2: or mine. So well, the good news though for the Packers, they get the Saints, they get the Bucks. They get the Browns. So they got at least three like really soft defenses coming up in the next seven games. Okay. You know it's not perfect, but at least there's some really easy matchups that if, if Hundley proves to be just a, a good backup type, he could have some good games. If everyone around him stays healthy, but the tackles are going to play. It looks like, right? So Bakhtiari and, and Bulaga are good to go. Uh, Corey Lindsley, their center popped up on the injury report today and their, their defense is banged up. So, the thing about, about all the pass catchers for the Packers, Nelson, Adams, Cobb especially, they may still get a lot of targets, but the quality of those targets will be down. Right. It's just a matter of how much. Um, and then you know, can they, can they find ways to move the ball against some of the better defenses that they see? That's going to be the other question. But I, I just want to see how much of Hundley... In, in, in the interceptions last week, how much of that was just Minnesota having a good pass rush, the line breaking down? How much of that was Hundley just being inexperienced? And we won't know, we really won't know what he is until we get two or three more games into this process. And I think even then it's going to be possible that we see, you know, paths for improvement. All
1: right. Just so you know, Jordy, I have Jordy. I don't remember what happened in week two. I had Jordy outside the top, do I have him outside the top 30 in targets? Is that possible?
2: Yeah, because he got hurt really early in the game in Atlanta. He played seven snaps that week. OK, thank you. He, he left a little early against Dallas because he didn't play on that last series. Um, so he had four targets in that game. And then the other four he's played, he's played. He's at eight, nine, seven, ten. So the, the games where he's been completely healthy, he's been pretty heavily involved. All right. But that Atlanta game in particular was one that. Just wiped him out for fantasy owners. But he's.
1: But to, to your point about the quality of the targets, if he had been healthy for those games, he based on you know the per game amount, he'd probably be somewhere around twelfth on the target count. And if the quality's not great, and there's other guys there, and the red zone chemistry is not. I mean, Jordy's
2: not a. He's not a wide receiver one, probably right. So no, nah, he, he's like a two. He's a two now. Trying to hold on to that with Hunley. I think Adams is a three and, and Cobbs is like a bench flex. You like so you like Jordy you still like Jordy better than Adams? A little bit. Um I, I think the the downfield shots they take tend to be to Nelson still. He's had four catches of twenty or more yards this season, which is kind of surprising for how low his overall per target numbers is are. Uh and Adams, uh three, you know, catches like that. So they, they both make big plays. It just seems like the routes designed for Nelson are often the deeper routes. So I think he can still score from distance.
1: Okay. Um, the last guy I want to see Jamal Charles, Vance Joseph has said quote, more and more touches for Jamal Charles, CJ Anderson owners, start your guy, but keep your fingers crossed. Um, <clears throat> CJ Procise back for the Seahawks. Most likely they're playing at the giants, tough defense two weeks ago. Last time the Seahawks played the backfield, it was basically a lacy-rawl split. Do you think my guy CJ worms his way in there other than on passing downs?
2: I think he could in the next couple of weeks. I just wonder if coming off that ankle injury, if they might ease him back into action. I, I have no good read in that situation whatsoever. He's interesting in GPPs. You're making several lineups in season long. If you're not getting you know, more than a half point per catch, I think it's hard to throw CJ Procise in your lineup right away this week, but it's a backfield that he could take over. They may decide he is the most talented option they have. And they may just give him the keys to that backfield, uh, for what's left of the season. That's not out of the realm of possibility. I'm just worried about a slightly reduced workload to ease him back in this week.
1: Yes. CJ, CJ, come on CJ. A couple of weeks now, you're going to own this thing. I know it. Um, all right. This is my weekly question of who's the weirdest guy in your, one of your lineups. And we every every week we talk about Fishbowl because it's a deep starting lineup, but it's still fun.
2: Yeah, you, you don't have to get any more weird than you do in, in Fishbowl. Uh, well, Devonte Parker is out for me. So that means I have to go to my bench. Emmanuel Sanders is out. Macklin's questionable. I don't want to play Macklin. All right. So I can decide right now. I can play Macklin. I can play set the valve. <laughs> Travis Benjamin, Pavon Austin, <laughs> Brandon Oliver. You win. Jaquiz Rogers, Kenyon Drake, or Malcolm Brown. Uh, I think you just play Macklin, don't you?
1: If he's if he's
2: active, yes.
1: Obviously. Um, but I, I don't know if that's a guarantee at this and point. if not, you might be playing Travis Benjamin
2: or Seth DeVal. Well, if Benjamin's role's really been nothing the last couple of weeks All right.
1: too. All right. Yeah, mine, um, Ivory would be a good one, but that would be a, wouldn't be would be weird if Fournette was out. Tyler Croft in that league. He's my only tight end, sorry. In a tight end friendly league, he's my tight end.
2: Okay, well, he's, the thing about that is they really don't have a clear cut number two receiver behind A.J. Green. They mix and match that role a little bit. So in the red zone especially, he could be the second look for Andy Dalton. Yep. I agree. So yeah, I'm fine. I'm not too bad with that one. I don't think
1: I don't think these are that weird. I mean, Sanu's in the same lineup for me, but I, you know, he's he's my guy. Um, he's gonna he's gonna go six for for fifty five, and I'm probably gonna be happy. Um, all right, everybody buying tickets can be complicated and confusing, but there's a better way to buy with SeatGeek. SeatGeek's the smartest, easiest way to get tickets to every game all season long. Whether you're planning a day out with friends, searching for a last-minute deal, or buying a gift for a loved one, SeatGeek helps you find the best seats at the best prices fully guaranteed. Nothing beats being there in person for the biggest plays of the year, and SeatGeek will get you closer to the action for a great value. Um, you know, we've talked before, I've got the SeatGeek app on my phone and it is by far the easiest way. I found a shop for tickets at just a few taps and I can find seats right away. Um you got a big see P- people if you want to meet anyone from RotoWire by the way, use SeatGeek and go to Packers Saints this week because there's a big there's a big contingent going up from your office.
2: Yeah, I am not going now. I was planning what? on going and I came down with a like a cold or flu bug. I don't know, not flu. I wasn't like out of work, but I got sick and my wife got sick and she just started it. So I, at this point, we are not planning on going. So I, I am picking a different game in a few weeks. See, uh, I, think, I think that Ravens one is one that I've got my eye on right now.
1: You know what makes you feel better? Whiskey, stuff like that.
2: Oh, yeah. Yeah. It, it's supposed to rain throughout the game. That was another factor, too. It's like, OK, so we could both get over being sick and then go stand out in the rain all day. <laughs> like That's a great way to, uh, to get right back into the, the illness. But that, that, you know, I understand. I probably wouldn't do it either.
1: But all right. But uh, but Jake's going.
2: I know that Jake, Jake would go under all circumstances. Yeah. Jake, Jake would never veer off from going to the game because he or the person he was going to go with is sick. No, not a chance. He would, just, he would go no matter what. I still have to go up there.
1: And later in the season, we were talking the other day about you and I. I think we're talking
2: the pack that this might be the year to go later in the season if the Hunley thing doesn't work out well. To get you'll you'll find those ticket prices dropping like crazy in December.
1: You will, and SeatGeek will help you. Everybody, SeatGeek saves you time and money by searching multiple ticket sites to compare prices and find amazing deals. And to get you the most bang for your buck. SeatGeek grades every ticket based on value to help you immediately identify the best seats that fit your budget. And it doesn't end with sports. SeatGeek also has plenty of concert, comedy, and theater tickets available, too. Best of all, new users get $20 off their first purchase. Just download the SeatGeek app and enter promo code ROTO-NFL today. That's promo code ROTO-NFL for $20 off your first SeatGeek purchase. See it live with SeatGeek. Right seat, right now, right from your phone. Thanks, SeatGeek. Okay, who do you love? Who do you love? Who do you love?
2: Go. Oh, I've got one last Entry into the uh, weird players you're starting. Oh, I'm yeah, starting okay. Tyler Lockett in a league. What? Yeah, that's that's probably about to happen. Uh, but it, That's a bad situation that you've got yourself into. It is. Yeah, it is suboptimal to, uh, to say the least. But on a brighter note, players I love. Well, everybody in the New England Atlanta game for, for clear reasons. But the player I really like, and I, I think it's going to be fairly chalky because I know the price is really good. James White, how has he not scored? He's on the field all the time for a team that puts a lot of points on the board. And James White has not scored yet this season. And everybody knows James White, quote, did stuff in the Super Bowl against the Falcons.
1: All right. That, that's fair. Now, isn't the deal now? So, But De- there's been a reemergence of Deion Lewis. Rex Burke heads back. Gilleslie's still there. Still, you're good?
2: That, that's exactly why I like James White. All right. It's just, it's just the nature of the Patriots being the Patriots, right? Like, it's just... We, we try our best to gauge what they're going to do in any given week. And just when you think you have it figured out, they pull the rug right out from underneath. They really do. All right. Um, but uh, but some ahead. other players. I mean, I like, I like Dak a lot this week. If you're, if you're staying away from the two quarterbacks going in the uh, New England Atlanta game from a DFS perspective. Dak looks really nice going up against San Francisco. Um, I I like breeze a good amount on the road, which is a little bit unusual because the Packers, their injuries are also in the secondary too. So I just think it could be a a rough day for the green Bay defense. The only thing that might lead me to pivot away is the rain. Like if, if it's like a heavy sort of downpour, bad conditions all morning up into kickoff. In that case, I might pivot away from breeze, but I think he can dissect that defense and have a huge day. Okay.
1: Um, I like both. I don't know if you and I talked about this, how much we love the primetime games this week, all of them. Um, I like both quarterbacks in that, in in that Monday night game too. Um, it's going to be, I mean, four, four of my top five quarterbacks are on the Sunday night and Monday night game for the week. Hmm. So I mean, I uh, cousins. The last three weeks, cousins has been bringing it. Um, but I do like. Let's see. I kind of like Big Ben again, especially with that Jones news. That's good. Big Ben's at home, right? So that's a nice one. Um, uh, and and the C.J. Beathard thing. I if I'm at, I have him in semi top twenty, just because I hate the Dallas defense so much. I know there can be turnovers, but generally in fantasy, why, we don't care, right? Right, but are you worried about the pass rush getting to him? Yeah, I mean they could be. I mean, I actually think San Francisco's gonna. I, I think the Cowboys are gonna lose. Hmm. This this is one of those games where I just, it's it's just a. I mean, part of it's gut feeling, but I'm looking at them am going. You know, the Niners have kept their last five games very close. It's a home game. The Cowboys are not playing that well. I just I just think this sets up well for them. So it, so it's not a garbage time. Niners are down twenty four kind of set up. I just think the Cowboy defense is, you know, the secondary is weak and I think he might do okay. I don't know. Maybe, maybe it's just a weird hunch and maybe I'm foolish for it, but um, I I can see going with it. And a two quarterback league, he's, he's
2: starting for me. So what, um, I know you mentioned the Jamal Charles thing with, with Vance Joseph and the Broncos. What do you think about CJ Anderson this week? My gut call was to like him a lot. Mm -hmm. I think you'll get the work.
1: I mean I don't think I know that they're talking about Charles getting all these all this work but I think CJ Anderson gets enough. I think he'll be fine. I think he'll run between 15 and 20 times and be fine. I mean I think because of the way the they're set up this week with Sanders out that they're going to try to run so much that I think there's enough to go around, you know, that I think if Jamal Charles gets 12 carries, it doesn't mean that CJ Anderson's,
2: you know, a disappointment. Right. It could be like a 20 carries for Anderson, 12 for Charles kind of day because yes. Simeon had the shoulder injury early in the week. He's fine. He's going to play, but they don't have another player on the roster who can step in and play the way Emmanuel Sanders does. And Emmanuel Sanders is a really, like, really important player for Simeon to not make mistakes. Right. It just seems like when they're in a critical spot and they have to throw Sanders is the first read for Trevor Simeon. So not having him. Might make them more one-dimensional, but I don't know if the Chargers can stop the run. So I think both maybe, – maybe that's a week where Anderson and Charles both are like top 15, top 20 fantasy backs. And I don't think anyone's going to rank Charles that high. I don't think anyone should rank Charles that high. I could just see it kind of working out happen. that way based on the weakness of that defense and the Sanders factor for Denver. All right.
1: But also that, that might – if that goes well, that would get in the way of my uh, Chargers to the playoffs train.
2: I, yeah, I like was that. on that too. I think Mike Clay is the conductor of that train, but I was I was on board. I'm back on. I'm good. I'm ready.
1: I I I see I can absolutely see this happening
2: right now. How, how what's the path? What what what's going to be the difference? All right, hold on a second. Where are the standings? Hmm. They're uh, 2 and 4. They're 2 and 4, right? They are at least getting their second Denver game out, and they already played them on the road to get them at home this time. So after this week, they go at New England right. loss. They go Maybe, at Jacksonville. Yeah, all right. At Jacksonville is tough, but let's just say they win that. Home against the Bills, they could win that. That gets them to four wins. Well, you think, that, you think they're winning this week, so we're, we're going to give them this week? Yes. If they win this week, they're 3-4. and four. They lose to the Patriots, they're 3 and 5 they beat the Jags in the road. They're four and five bills at home. You must be assuming they're going to win that five and five. Right. At, at Dallas. Possible. Sure. On a short week. I think Dallas wins that game. That's a coin. Flip. Maybe. But yeah, I mean, there's so I could get them to six. Yeah. Home against the Browns. They win that seven uh, Washington at home. Sure. It's a winnable game eight. And then you've got at Kansas City. I wouldn't wouldn't assume that's a win. No. Nope. At the Jets would get them to nine. And if they were to win, in week 17 against the Raiders, that'd be 10. 10, is 10 wins enough.
1: And I'm thinking, I'm thinking nine could be enough. So, but here's why. Because I still think the AFC, the East is, ter- is still bad. I don't care what these teams' records are. I, th- I think the Bills, Dolphins, and Jets get, I think any one of them getting to nine would surprise me a little bit. Okay. So now I've got, in, in, the, in the West, well, if the Chargers do well, then maybe they take they take they overtake the Broncos and the Raiders, right? If it they could. get to nine, I mean, certainly possible that they overtake this, especially if they beat the Broncos this week, the Broncos are three and three. So then now you look at the north, well, the Bengals, Bengals are mediocre. The, Ra- the Ravens, I don't know what they're ever going to do. So I, I, I don't see I don't even see one clear wild card here.
2: You know, I mean, yeah, you see two wild cards coming from the West and the division beats up on each other enough to level things out. But then they're clearly better than the non divisional teams in the AFC that they're going to face. So then as a whole, they're, you know, yeah, two two teams are going to make it from uh, the West as wild cards. That's a reasonable scenario.
1: All right. Like like I look at the I look at the NFC and I go, all right, one of these three teams, one one of the. Redskins, one of the Redskins, Panthers, you know, there's, there's a wild card coming from the East and the South in the NFC, right? Like if I think the Redskins or the Cowboys get a wild card, I think the Panthers or the Falcons get a wild card. I mean, one of them, you know, there's a wild card there. I look in the AFC, I don't know who the wild cards are. I don't know who one is. I can't look and go, That's the te- that team's getting a wild card. I can't name one. Like, I just don't know. I mean, I, I, obviously someone will, but I, I can't pick them out right now because they're so, I mean, the Jags, I don't know. I like the Jags, but well, I don't, I don't know. So, Who do you have winning the AFC South right now? Titans? Probably the Titans. In the beginning of the year, I wanted it to be the Jags or the Texans. I don't think it'll happen. I think the Jag. I think Bortles is too weak. And I think that in the, with the Texans, I think the Watt thing is just a, that's a killer. I know they got yeah. to the playoffs last year without him, but I think that's a killer.
2: Yeah, and merciless too. Like you lose both of those guys from the pass rush, but oh, that division's so bad. I, I, I think the Texans and Titans can, can both hang around enough where they're they're probably one of the two wild cards if the AFC Could West be. doesn't get both. Right. Like I,
1: I can see a path for that. I mean, I'm not guaranteeing the Chargers or anything, but I can definitely see a path here. And I know they've got some there's the schedule's not the easiest thing, especially when you look at those you know, the at Patriots and at the Jaguars and, and at and at the Jets, they're all they're all one o'clock Eastern starts, which is just that just sucks for them.
2: Yeah, that's bad. Yeah. If only Koo had made one of those kicks. <laughs> I know. Damn it. <laughs> they would be um, in such a better place right now. Yeah. Um, I do like Sean McCoy a lot. We talked about it when we talked about the Buffalo game. He's he's on my my kind of my default lineup plan right now. So we'll see if that continues as we get closer to lock on Sunday, Jimmy Graham going up against the giants. They can't stop tight ends. Graham's cheap on a lot of sites, chalky, but I like it. I think it's going to pay. Okay.
1: Um, I love my, my boy, Austin appearing Jenkins again. Um, I have him fifth at tight end by the way, cause so I'm, I'm completely all in all in. Um, we talked about Kittle. I actually like Jack Doyle again. You cool. know, I, I know the Jags defense, being Jack Doyle, when he cut? seven passes Monday, yeah, he was heavily involved. Yeah, I mean, now that he's back and healthy, you know he's he's gonna catch he's gonna catch some passes. Otherwise, let's see. We talked about Sanu. I kind of like Blunt against the Redskins with the whole the Jonathan Allen thing. That wasn't fun for the Redskins at all. Um, I kind of like Blunt. Blunt Blunt has impressed me this year. It's so funny to say that about a guy who scored eighteen touchdowns last season. But he's given he's given more than I thought. I actually probably liked him a little more than a lot of people in preseason. But. I feel like I wasn't expecting this, the quality from him. The workload hasn't been great, but the the, the quality of of you know yards per carry and all
2: that they've been it's, he's been really good. I think the argument for Blunt would have been the Eagles' offensive line coming into the year was supposed to be, if not the best, one of the best groups of, of blockers in the league. Um, I don't know if they've graded out to that point so far. I haven't checked recently, but I would imagine that's a big part of it. And I think that's where it's, instead of going at blunt, my interest has been in waiting for Wendell Smallwood to come back from his injury. He'll catch some passes. He'll probably eat away at some of those carries. I think that's why I like Smallwood as much as I do, like for the things that are making the Garrett Blunt successful right now. Right. Okay. And by the way,
1: I'm on pro football focus through week five. The Eagles graded out first. That, that offensive line. That helps. Right. So, but the Panthers rated out second, and I don't quite know that. I. That's one of those things where I, look, I like pro football focus, and I go, really?
2: So. That know. might be an indictment of Jonathan Stewart at this stage of his career. <laughs> it really might. But McCaffrey's been pretty bad also on a per carry basis. They just get him so involved as a runner. So, right. Or as a pass catcher, rather.
1: All right, um, everybody, listeners to our podcast, get a free 10-day rotowire trial, rotowire.com slash pod, no credit card required. That means you can check out nearly all the features on our site. Check it out now, rotowire.com slash pod. Uh, so we got Tim at noon Eastern on Facebook Live on Sunday.
2: What else we got prepping people for, for Sunday's games? We got Mario's film review it's up on the site. We've yes. got Jeff's weekly rankings. Those are kind of your two uh, must-use uh, season-long articles and tools. Uh, You got lists, columns up as well, including the beating the book. And then, of course, the daily tools. If you are playing on any of the daily sites we've been talking about, I like the optimizer as a tool to fill in the gaps. So if you're going to join our contest on Fanball, lock in the four or five players that you really like. Run the optimizer to fill in the gaps. See if you like, you know, the mathematically best fits for your lineup to go with it. You don't like them, exclude those players. Run it again until you find something you like. But Check that out. It's uh, it's a great feature. It's included with all subscriptions.
1: All right, everybody. Thanks for listening. Um, oh, by the way, thanks for the reviews and ratings. I've noticed a lot of reviews this week. We really appreciate those. Keep them coming. Uh, ratings, I should say, on iTunes. Uh, thanks for listening to this edition of the Road Wire Fantasy Football Podcast, sponsored by Fanball. Again, fanball.com slash Road Wire. Play against Derek, Vlad, Tim, and me. See if you can beat us and get a little extra prize. Our next episode's coming on Monday. Derek and I will be back Monday morning. So come on back then for Derek Van Riper. I'm John Halpin. Good luck in week seven. Yeah.